Hello there. It is September 16th for about the next hour and a half. And I wanted to read a little bit more from All About Devils by Moses Hull for you. This is Chapter 2, titled Demons, What Are They? Subsections are Elder Grant on Demons, Josephus Contradicts Him, Are They Spirits of the Dead, The Good and the Bad Alike Are Demons, Important Testimony from the Greeks, Jones, Cudworth, Lucianus, Alexander Campbell, Euripides, Dr. Geo, Campbell, Dr. Lardner, Philo Judeus, and others on demons. All agree that the word devil in the text, they are the spirits of devils, is the Greek word daimon, commonly pronounced demon. I have three or four books before me now, written by the opposers of spiritualism which talk about spiritualism being the work of demons. Mr. Grant, in the work to which I have before me referred, says, The mistakes of the spiritualists is in supposing that the familiar spirits are human, instead of being demons, as the Bible shows. It is the reverend gentleman himself, and not the spiritualists, who are mistaken on this point. The Jews, to whom were committed the oracles of God, Romans 3, 2, believe demons to be the spirits of dead men. John the Baptist, who went out under the influence of Elijah the prophet, see Luke 1.17, was said by the Jews to be possessed of a demon. Matthew uh, 11.18, sorry, I hate Roman numerals. Josephus, who certainly understood the theology of the Jews and Romans, informed his readers that demons were spirits of the dead, both good and bad. In his Wars, Book 7, Chapter 6, Paragraph 3, he says, Yet after all his pains in getting a certain root, it is only valuable on account of one virtue it hath, that if it be only brought to the sick person, it quickly drives away those called demons, which are none other than the spirits of the wicked that enter into men that are alive, and kill them, unless they can obtain some help against them. But Josephus and the Jews did not consider the demons all bad. He says in his Wars of the Jews, Book 6, Chapter chapter 3, Paragraph 5, For what man of virtue is there who doth not know that those souls which are severed from the fleshly bodies in battles by the sword are received by the ether, that the purest of elements, and the joined to the company which are placed among the stars, and that they become good demons and propitious heroes, and show themselves as such to their posterity after. Maximus Tyrius says, What the multitude call death is but the beginning of immortality, and the birth into a future life. The soul, having put off this earthly body, becomes a demon, a word which, though employed only in the evil sense in the Holy Scriptures, signifies among the Greeks an intermediate being between men and gods, and may be either good or evil. Dissert 27. Thus it seems that the Greeks, from whom the Jews learned the word, used it to signify departed human spirits. The following dissertation on demons I find prepared to my hand, and have hid it laid away so long that I have forgotten who compiled it. I, however, having examined the principal authorities, will vouch for its truth in every particular. Demon, in the Greek, is diamon, to know, a god, used like theos and thea of individual gods. 
It is defined and used by scholars, lexiconographers, and classical writers thus. Jones, demon, the spirit of a dead man. Cudworth, demon, a spirit, either angel or fiend. Grote, the celebrated Grecian historian, declares that demons and gods were considered the same in Greece. Lucianus, a Greek writer, born at Semisata, in Syria, used demon in the sense of departed souls. Archbishop Watley says, The heathen authors allude to possession by a demon, or by a god, for they employ the two words with little or no distinction, as a thing of no uncommon occurrence. Alexander Campbell says, The demons of paganism, Judaism, and Christianity were spirits of dead men. Euripides makes the chorus address Phaedra. O young girl, a god, demon, possesses thee. It is either Pan or Hecate or the venerable Corybantes or Sibyl that agitates thee. Dr. Campbell says, All pagan antiquity affirms that from Titan and Saturn, the poetic progeny of Celis and Terra, down to Ascalapus, I think I said that wrong, Proteus and Minos, all their divinities were ghosts of dead men, and were so regarded by the most erudite of the pagans themselves. Dr. Lardner writes, The notion of demons or the souls of the dead having power over living men was universally prevalent among the heathen of those times, and believed by many Christians. Philogideus writes, we quote from Young's translation, referring to the departed and immortalized, which those among the Greeks that studied philosophy called heroes and demons, and which Moses, giving them a more felicitous appellation, calls angels, acting as they do, the part of ambassadors and messengers. Therefore, if you look upon souls and demons and angels as things differing, indeed in name, but as meaning in reality one and the same thing, you will thus get rid of the heaviest of the difficulties, superstition. For the people speak of good demons and bad demons, so they do speak of good and bad souls. Hence, the psalmist David speaks of the operation of evil angels. Plato, speaking of a certain class of demons, says, They are demons because prudent and learned. Hence, poets say, when a good man shall have reached his end, he receives a mighty destiny and honor, and becomes a demon according to the appellation of prudence. Hesiod, in his works and days, had these lines. But when concealed has destiny this race, demons there were, called holy upon the earth, good illiverters, and of man the guard, holy demons by great Jove's design. Worcester, in his synonym, says, Demon is sometimes used in a good sense, as the demon of Socrates, or the demon of Tasso, and then, to illustrate, quotes from that fine author Addison, my good demon, who sat at my right hand during the course of this whole vision, etc. That learned savant, Cardin, honored with the friendship of Gregory Thirteenth, says, no man was ever great in any art or action that did not have a demon to aid him. This is enough to thoroughly reply to those who would scare the word away from spiritualism with the word demon. The word being translated devils in the Bible and being so universally associated with evil 
people have scared at it. Hence this chapter. Now having removed this obstacle, reader and writer are preponderant the more direct arguments. Chapter 3. Origins of Death. The section titles are They Are Demons, A Minister on Devils, Reflections of the Same, The Devil's Former Position, Became Dissatisfied, War in Heaven, Arena Removed to Earth, The Devil Captures God's Miracle Tools and Sets Up Business. I now ask, are these the spirits of devils working miracles? Should you take the classical ideas of demons, the spirits of the dead, and drop the idea of miracles and simply say they were the spirits of the dead performing marvelous feats, I would not object, for that is just what they are. That spiritualists preach, that their opponents deny. The opponents of spiritualism treat the word devils here as though the devils were the legitimate descendants of Diablos or Satan. And in handling the subject, I shall be compelled to handle it with reference to that idea of the text. With that view of the question, we will seek to form the acquaintance of his satanic majesty and a few of his descendants. Let us find out who made him and when and for what purpose. In short, let us give the devil his due. To accomplish this, we may go directly or indirectly back to some of the mythologies. We may strain our mythology through Christianity, or we may hand it out pure and unadulterated from contamination by passing under the hands of the John Miltons and the Ellen G. Whites of Christianity. A Minister on the Devil Reverend J. H. Wagoner, once one of the brightest lights in the personal devil firmament, presented the matter in his Nature and Tendency of Modern Spiritualism as follows. As before said, we do not believe that God ever created a devil or a wicked man, but men exist with a power and will to do evil. God made man upright, but he became wicked by his own will and actions, and so of the devil. We hold that the only reasonable view is that of the scriptures, that God creates intelligences, giving them power and freedom to act, without which they could form no character at all, and holds them accountable for the exercise of that power in the actions performed, and vindicates justice by bringing them to judgment. There are expressions in Ezekiel 28 which can refer to none other than being the devil, by which we learn that he was created a covering cherub, perfect and beautiful, but he fell because of pride. When Moses made the sanctuary, he was directed to make cherubim and place them on the mercy seat over the ark, their wings overshadowing the mercy seat. Hebrews 9.5 The Lord promised to meet with them between the two cherubim. Exodus 25.22 As all this was a shadow and example of heavenly things, a visible reputation, representation of the sanctuary and true tabernacle in heaven, which the Lord pitched, and not man. Hebrews 8, 1 through 5, see also Ezekiel chapters uh, 1 through 10. We here learn that the exalted position occupied, and consequently the greater power possessed by a covering cherubim. In Ezekiel 28, the, pri the prince of Tyrius is declared to be a man. The king of Tyrius was a covering cherub. 
this may well be applied to Satan, who is the prince of this world, and who makes use of wicked earthly powers to accomplish his purposes. He was afterward represented by the Roman power, Revelation uh, 12, as it was then his special instrument of wickedness. He who is wise and strong to do good will, of course, be wise and strong to do evil if he turns his powers in that direction. And as the cherubim in heaven possess far more power than men, so if they fall, their power will be greater to do evil in the same proportion. On this point, we think it sufficient to add that the scriptures affirm that the angels have fallen, that there were more than human power exerted through the magicians of Egypt, and Satan is said to work miracles with power and signs and lying wonders. Here man was made upright, and the devil a covering cherub. But man has fallen, fallen down, 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 lower and still lower, until he has reached his present state of degradation with prospects, nay, with prophecies that his tendency is still downward. And the devil, once a covering cherub, one of the brightest, tallest, grandest angels God made, had fallen as much below man as he was created above man. And this devil still retains his power to work miracles, and by this power to hasten man down still farther, while the gods of Christ and angels, yes, and even the ministers and prophets of the church, have given up the miracle business altogether, and delivered all the tools into the hands of the host of darkness and evil. Surely this is the dark picture for God, Christ, and his church. And there is no road open and still descending humanity, but the wide gate and the broad way that leads to destruction. What a pity that God could not for a short time have the devil's power, or the devil could not have God's goodness. What a different world this would have been. Story of the Origins of Devils To comprehend the whole in one short story, all, or about all, who believe in a devil, believe that he was made the grandest and most noble Roman of them all. He was the finest specimen of, what shall I say, humanity or divinity? Among all of God's offspring. God thought so much of him that he took him into his particular confidence, made him secretary of state, as it were. In this God made no mistake, for everything went off well under Lucifer's administration. When the books were wanted for examination, they were always on hand, ready to be examined, and they were always posted and correct. And there were no defactions in heaven, no flights to Canada, there were no boodle, there were no heavenly boodlers, no Cronin murder cases, no jury bribing. In fact, there was nothing to mar, nothing to make afraid. But for some reason, a meeting was called of the heavenly cabinet and very important business transacted, probably nothing less than the creation of the planet on which we exist, which, it must be conceded, was important to us, and Satan, by some oversight, was not called to that meeting. Whether he was slighted on purpose, or whether it was an accident, is not quite clear. But be that as it may, Satan took umbrage. He felt that it was hardly a fair deal to make him responsible for all the business transacted in heaven, and then go on and transact the most important business without consulting him. He probably hinted his dissatisfaction to a few of his most intimate friends, some of whom were not very good at keeping a secret. 
The result was, the news of a little misunderstanding between Satan and God got into the hands of the reporters and became so public that God sent to the devil and told him that if he chose to tender his portfolio, his resignation would be accepted. But the devil determined not to resign under a cloud. He would wait until matters settled somewhat. God then peremptorily demanded his resignation, but Satan, feeling that possession was nine points in law, obstinately refused, whereupon God commissioned Michael to go and take possession of the devil's books and office, at no matter what cost. But the devil had one-third of heaven armed and equipped for battle. John, in the Apocalypse, parodied heathen mythology as follows. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Revelations 12, 7-12 Happy had it been for the inhabitants of the earth, if the gods and devils had either settled their quarrel or continued their war in heaven. But it seems that when the devils were cast out, they were not conquered. The battle did not end. The only change was the removal of the arena from heaven to earth. Here the battle has been going on forever since. This seems to me hardly fair. If the gods and devils must fight, if they can't be induced to reform, let them keep their fight on the original battleground. Somehow, they got tired of that and moved the arena from heaven to earth. And now, whatever the gods and devils may think about it, the ministers persist in urging us into the battlefield. They call for us to volunteer and enlist in the Lord's army and tell us, if we do not, we will surely be drafted into the devil's army. Fight we must. And I know but little about this god and devil quarrel. And as I am not a fighting man, I prefer to remain neutral and let those who know more about the matter fight it out. If I must fight, I propose to go into something of an investigation of the matter and cast my lot with the army which is in the right. In this battle, God has all the time had one advantage of the devil. It was not an honest advantage, except on the ground that in war, as in love, everything is honorable. That is, whenever the devil got God into a tight place, God would work himself out through a miracle. But now it seems that the devil has taken this last string out of the hands of the Omnipotent One. God has gone out of the miracle business entirely, and the devil has picked up the tools where God laid them down and is now using them in the manufacture of spiritualistic miracles, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles. That is all for today. I'm really enjoying this book, and I hope you are too. I will read chapter four on... Man, we were like almost halfway through this thing already. We're 24 pages out of 60. Um, I will read the upcoming chapters as soon as I can. Uh, have a great night. And if you need to email me, hiddenInTheSnow at Gmail. Um, have a lovely evening.